0: i
1: song hello everybody welcome to another fantastic episode of the liberty enthusiast podcast i'm basically going to be calling this the start of season two because well i'm back and i realize last episode was almost two weeks ago at this point and we've had uh, quite a bit of stuff however uh you've probably heard about all that already but something that happened just yesterday as i'm recording this i'm recording this friday october 7th uh, something that just happened yesterday was the Arizona Senate candidate debate, and there was a libertarian involved. Um, <laughs> we'll get to it. If, uh, if you've already seen the clip, you know eventually what I'm going to talk about. The uh, only thing that he said that came out of that debate, unfortunately. However, before I get into it, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I really enjoy you being here and listening to what I have to say. Uh, before we get started please go ahead and follow me on twitter at k2dudeman the liberty enthusiast you can also search that and you'll find me just fine all right so we just had like i said the arizona senate debate between uh, candidate debate between Blake Masters, Mark Kelly and libertarian candidate Mark Victor Blake Masters of course being the republican candidate, Mark Kelly being the incumbent democrat candidate. Uh, As of recording this, uh, I have not... uh, Actually, you know what? Let's do this on the fly. I'm going to look up what the polls are for the Arizona Senate race. If uh, any polling... You're going to hear my keyboard. Sorry about this. Arizona Senate polls. Let's see. uh, 538. Last I checked, Mark Kelly was up something like 6-7%. I don't know if it's changed or not. Uh, It's still showing... Mark Kelly has a plus 6. Um, I don't think we've had uh any polls after this debate though. Uh US Senator Arizona, yeah, October 4th. Uh yeah, uh up to October a YouGov poll. Actually, matter uh a YouGov poll has Kelly as a plus 3, 51 to 48. Uh that uh, I don't know. The the landscape. Oh, sorry about that. The landscape. Even just, even just two months ago, I would have said uh, the there's like a probably a seven point difference. So if uh, Masters was at forty three and Kelly or, or yeah, or if well, we don't even have to go that bad. If Masters was at a forty four and Kelly was at a fifty five then I would have said, okay, that's a pretty safe lead, uh, but I think it'll maybe be a 3-4 point difference in actuality uh, in favor of Kelly. With with, uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned by Dobbs and uh, KCV Planned Parenthood, I don't really know anymore. Uh, Anyway, let's get into this debate. I'm going to close out all of these windows so that you don't get that uh, pop-up sound anymore. Um, Alright, so... Uh the way I'm going to do this, uh, I'm actually going to go fairly in depth because I thought this debate was actually kind of interesting, and uh, I enjoy talking about this kind of thing. And um, this debate in particular had two things that I really wanted to talk about that I haven't really talked about yet, which is immigration uh, and abortion. Two things that I kind of haven't touched on, and uh, truthfully speaking, the two subjects that I struggle with the most, uh, as a libertarian, admittedly. Um, one less so than the other. Uh, you'll, and we'll talk about it. You'll find out which one, but, uh, to start off, uh, I want to play the libertarian candidate, Mark Victor's opening statement. Cause, um, I'm going to kind of also critique libertarians a little bit through his responses. Uh, first off, I don't think he did very well. Um, I think Blake Masters easily won the debate. Uh, I think Mark Kelly had basically nothing for him. um however, I think Blake Masters is a little bit slimy in uh he kind of shifts away from answers. I mean, he's a politician. he's uh, a politician's gonna politician. um you know, he he, he kind of s- shied away from some answers and such. I wish he would have been a little stronger. Uh, he could have been a little bit better, but you know. It is what it is. He, like I say, even a Republican, still a politician. But uh, he definitely won, in my opinion, and uh, I would be willing to bet that he uh, picked up some points. I don't think this is uh, a plus eight race, as I was seeing some, or a plus ten race, as I was seeing some polls. I, I think that youGov poll is probably pretty close. I, I think it's probably on a one to two point difference. But let's get into this. So first, uh, first up, opening statement, uh, the the other two, uh, I didn't really care for very much. Mark Kelly and uh, Blake Masters opening statements. I really didn't care for all that much. Um, it, it's, you know, it, imagine what you would think a typical Republican and Democrat opening statement would sound like. Uh, you know, Mark Kelly said a lot of things about Blake Masters wants to privatize Social Security, by the way. Thank you, Uh I don't know why you actually want me to vote for Blake Masters, but okay. That seems like a weird uh, endorsement of Blake Masters. (laughs) But, you know, I, uh, yeah, yes, they didn't, they didn't really do it for me. And uh, admittedly, uh, Mark Victor's was okay. Uh, You know what, let's just play it. And then I'll, uh, at the end, you'll
2: hear what I say about it. Thank you very much. And now we turn to Mark Victor.
0: Live and let live. That's my position on every issue. Live your life however you choose. Just let other people do the same thing. My name is Mark J. Victor, and if you're tired of the same old politics, I'm your guy. I'm a proud Marine Corps combat veteran. And for the last 28 years, I've been thinking outside the box as a criminal defense attorney. But the most important thing I've done was found the Live and Let Live Global Peace Movement. We got two rules. Don't infringe on anybody's freedoms. And let's just inspire people to be good humans. The Republicans and the Democrats together, both are responsible for $31 trillion in debt and the highest inflation we've seen in 40 years. Unnecessary wars, a mismanaged pandemic, In a tribalism that is tearing us apart. One of them kisses Biden's ring, the other kisses Trump's ring. I don't kiss anybody's ring. Unlike my opponents, I am not here to impose my personal views on anyone. I'd be honored to tell you about my plan to achieve freedom and peace for everyone.
1: All right, so that was the opening statement. I I should have said this before I started, actually, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, but um, I I, I definitely couldn't do this whole thing. But this is a pretty long, I I did make this a pretty long uh, thing that I wanted to show you again, because a lot of these I haven't really talked about before, and I kind of want to go a little bit in depth. So this episode may be slightly longer than you're used to. I'm going to try to keep it at an hour. But it could very easily go longer than that, uh, and the way I cut this up, uh, I did what I found the most interesting. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that's missing. Uh, but this was an hour debate, and I I tried to get it down below 23 minutes, and I really I, I just couldn't. Um, you know, there was like I said, of what I found interesting and the things I wanted to talk about, this is where I you know I felt needed to be the 23 minutes worth of content. I'm going to be pausing and playing uh, probably around one to two minutes at a time, maybe 30 to 45 seconds here and there. Uh, Some even as long as two minutes, but uh, that's going to be the thing. And even within uh, the two minutes, uh, that seems like a straight response. There are definitely going to be some where there's context missing. Uh, So what I do encourage is please, please watch the full debate and come up with your own uh, you come up with your own thoughts, come up with your own ideas and such and uh, judge it for yourself. Don't just take what I say, but uh, getting back to this, this opening statement. Um, okay. First off, it's, it's not bad. Uh, it, I mean, it, okay. It's kind of wishy-washy. So when you start with uh, live and let live, just as long as you let other people do the same, I, I think this is kind of an older sentiment of libertarianism, That I just, like, it it works for some people, right? But it it doesn't really ground what libertarianism is. And uh, we're trying to, you know, the Mises caucus takeover is trying to build this come up to make the Libertarian Party an effective vehicle for change. And that means defining our values. And honestly, I, I don't, I didn't see much of defining here. And this is an opening statement where you're trying to separate yourself from the left and the right and do it in a way that inspires people. Uh, And he talked about inspiring people. I don't know that this necessarily inspired a whole ton of people. Uh, You know, there was definitely some stuff in there that I think the peace uh, among all people talk is important right now, but it kind of came off like borderline lefty hippie type thing which is what i think a lot of people ended up being libertarians that were just like let's just do what we want man and th- this is what this screamed to me uh the unnecessary wars part was great the 31 trillion dollars in debt cool um you know it just it, it just it could have been better it, it wasn't as punctual as i would have liked uh but it was it, you know it wasn't bad uh it wasn't a bad opening statement it just It didn't really do what I think an opening statement should do. And when you're in this kind of debate, uh, I think you have to come out a little stronger than that. But, you know, we'll see. So uh, next up, we we get... uh, That was the end of his closing statement. Next up, we get uh, Blake Masters. And this is the part of the debate where we start talking about inflation and spending and such. And uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play blake masters bit and then i'm gonna let mark victor do his thing and i'm gonna kind of talk about both but i'm gonna compare and contrast because i think there was something here that one both of these people are missing Uh, blake masters and mark victor are both missing here and it'll be glaringly obvious if you understand what libertarianism is and you know, what we stand for when it comes to markets and spending and such. So let's go ahead. Let's play
2: uh, this for another like minute and a half or so. Blake Masters, 90 seconds. We're talking inflation here. Why is inflation? Why are consumer prices so high? And what would you do about it?
3: Let's be clear. The greatest threat to seniors retirement today is the massive crushing inflation that Joe Biden and Mark Kelly caused. And it's their fault. They caused it. Two years ago, inflation was 1.5%. Now, in the greater Phoenix metro area, we are suffering from literally the worst inflation in the nation at 13%. Joe Biden's policies caused this. And those are policies that Mark Kelly in Washington has supported every single time. So look, first, they declared war on oil and gas. Well, what they think was going to happen? When you declare war on oil and gas in a country that is still mostly powered by oil and gas, you think that's going to send the price of energy?
1: Freaking pop-ups.
3: To the moon? Well, yeah, it did. They took gas from $2 to $6. Now they want a prize because it's back in the $5. No, when you make energy too expensive, well, everything you need to live takes energy to make or to move. You make energy expensive, you get some inflation. That was the left hook. Well, the Democrats weren't done. Then they decided to print $6 trillion. They print and spent $6 trillion too quickly. The normal person understands this. PhD economists don't, apparently, senators don't. But when you print a trillion dollars, that makes every dollar in your wallet worth less and less. It sends prices at the supermarket skyrocketing. So no, they caused this crushing inflation, and it is ruining people's lives. I had parents come up to me two weeks ago to a campaign event. They said, Blake, we don't eat breakfast anymore. We drink coffee. We drink coffee so that we can afford to feed our kids Breakfast, and that's on you, sir. This is the Joe Biden, Mark Kelly economy. I will put a stop to Joe Biden's crazy spending. Mark.
1: All right, and that's uh, that's Blake's. So uh, first off, uh, a very good answer. Uh, you know, when talking about inflation, uh, there was a couple things that I did want to address, but all, all in all, good, uh, very good. Uh, he definitely got the inflation part right and devaluing the dollar. Uh, making things worth less and less, and this is what causes prices to spike. Yes, good. All that. Uh, people need to really, really know that this this particular bout of inflation is a combination of things. And, and uh, you know, I'll wait for Mark Victor to respond because he actually gets into that more. But it, the the thing he said at the beginning that this is a Mark Kelly and Joe Biden problem. Um, it's not a Mark Kelly and Joe Biden problem. It's it's a government problem, and uh, I I wish Republicans would stop with this because look, it's not fooling anybody. Whenever you talk about Biden's debt or Obama's debt, they they talk about Trump and Bush, and they're right, but they they do the same thing that that you guys are doing. You're blaming you're blaming Biden. And and he gets into Obama later, I think, but you're blaming Biden and the other guy is going to end up blaming Trump and the base is going to end up blaming each other. And they're willfully ignoring their own side at the expense of everybody who's looking at both of them and say, you guys are doing this. It's both of you. And uh, I I do want to give Mark Victor the floor here because he says this and
2: uh, let's analyze his response as well. Victor, 90 seconds, inflation, what's going
0: on? Look, people are hurting right now. Inflation hurts the poor the worst. It's a tax on everything. Why is this happening? It's happening because of both the Republicans and the Democrats. It's their foolish economic policies. Look, don't confuse money with wealth. They're not the same thing. Wealth, that's what's produced and what's consumed. Printing and distributing money doesn't make us richer. Doubling the money supply doesn't make us twice as rich. Printing money results in more dollars to buy the same amount of goods, and that's what raises prices. Both the Republicans and the Democrats, both of them have been recklessly printing money. It's not just this administration. It's Bush. It's Obama. It's Trump. It's Biden. They have all increased spending. They have all increased the debt. The Republicans just had control of everything. They increased spending, they increased the debt. This has been exacerbated, by the way, by forced business closings during COVID. These are probably unconstitutional, but they messed up our supply chain and it contracted the number of goods. When you print more money and throw it in the economy and you reduce the supply of goods, what you get is out of control inflation. And no, You can't just pass more spending and call it the Inflation Reduction Act and think you are going to fix inflation. You know what fixes this? Free markets. That's what raises standards of living. We need to cut taxes. We need to cut spending. We need to cut regulation. We are stealing from future generations. It's obscene, it's immoral, and it needs to stop. Uh,
1: Okay, that is the Mark Victor response. Um, Okay, so first off uh, there was a lot of good there a lot of good um and he did it fairly punctually it didn't seem like it went on too long and he wasn't boring it was a, a decent enough delivery um I'm going to kind of work backwards so that that part at the end the the we're we're borrowing from future generations or whatever it is that he said um I wish he would talk like that a little bit more it came off a little professory, but he did put in a lot of good information that I think people need to hear whether they take it in or not because we just need to flood the airways with what we say. And he's totally right. The The supply chain issues, uh, the money printing issues, and, and I loved that he said it was both of them. Uh, and of course, they ignore him like this whole debate, but he's right. It, it's both of them, as I said prior. Um... The there was another thing that I uh, wanted to say, which that that point where he said the doubling the money supply does not make us richer. Um, yes, good, excellent, thank you. Uh, it's a great point, uh, and you know the further, uh, furthering the point of devaluing the dollar. That was all great. Uh, the one thing that I really didn't get uh, was the money versus wealth thing that he said. Uh, money uh, confusing money and wealth. But uh, I, w- I wish he would have kind of left that part out. That just didn't really, like, didn't matter. Uh, I guess he was kind of trying to tie the production make equaling wealth to the supply chain thing and money printing to inflation. But it just kind of came off sloppy. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe in debate prep, if he did any debate prep, that he kind of mixed up where that was supposed to be because it just seems out of place where he talked about it, but um, a good response, although I could have dealt without him sounding kind of like a Republican at the end there. I mean, he didn't uh, ending taxes, or cutting taxes and ending burdensome regulation. I mean, y- y- you could be Mitt Romney. Like, it, it just, again, he's not really distinguishing himself really that much you need to be starkly different in what people are choosing and I just I didn't get that here again uh, but decent uh, decent inflation points um, a decent presentation it, w- it was fine uh, yeah that's pretty much all I wanted to say there and then we get to uh, we get to Mark Kelly's piece and this one uh, this one just pissed me off
2: Mark Kelly, uh, it sounds as if, 45 seconds now for rebuttal right. from what you've heard. Um, I heard uh, that you caused this. You well, caused two and, and a half years
4: ago, we went through something unprecedented. You know, COVID-19. Schools had a shutdown. Businesses shut down. Across Arizona, we have half a million small businesses. You know, sometimes the federal government has to step in to save small business. You know, they have to step in to protect livelihoods.
2: We got... All right. Oh, my god
4: um okay
1: so i don't even know like i don't even know where to begin with this cuz it just it pissed me off so much like beyond belief so the he starts with uh you know we had this covid-19 thing we had to shut down schools I, I, no we didn't <laughs> like how in 2022 are you still running with this idea that school closures were mandatory and necessary? Like, after everything that we've seen, after what we know that kids are not anywhere near as affected by COVID-19 as otherwise, plenty of private schools stayed open, plenty of charter schools stayed open. They figured it out. Homeschooling groups, there was remote homeschooling groups throughout 2020. Like, we did not have to shut the schools down Oh, granted it's really screwed up that they did but you know the teachers unions kind of shot themselves in the foot by fighting opening schools and it led the way for a big school choice movement but like no we no we didn't and it's just it infuriates me that two years later after everything we know about covid and how it interacts with kids that this is still a thing, and it just, it's so irritating. And then the audacity to say that sometimes the government has to step in to save small businesses. But then you just fully endorsed them having to close down. It's not saving small businesses to shut them all down by government executive fiat. Like, it's just, it's so Beyond inf- infuriating to me that these that these goddamn politicians just keep they talk out both sides they talk out of both sides of their mouth at our expense and it just I mean this was a prime example and that this was just twenty seconds out of the debate that as I was listening it immediately caught my my attention and I I, just, I we need to get out of this mentality we need to get out of this just ridiculous worldview that these were necessary things and that nothing could have been done better. It just, all right, I I need to move on or I'm going to be stuck here forever. So that was that. And then uh, Blake Masters responds to this and he, he he doesn't really answer the question. This is the first time where I'm kind of notice in the debate that he doesn't really say much of anything in regards to actually answering the question, but he brings up some
2: good stuff. 45 seconds here um uh, the idea of printing money you mentioned that was money did we not need money to be printed considering the COVID pandemic that we were dealing with that's what i'm hearing
3: here joe biden is spending like a drunken sailor and at every single opportunity mark kelly just says yes he can't say no to chuck schumer he can't say no to joe biden at least senator Sinema stopped build back better my gosh you were ready to vote for that that would have just ruined our economy even worse I know senator cinema caved on the inflation reduction act and i'm mad at her for that but hey isn't it interesting that you had to wonder which way she was going to vote you never have to wonder which way senator kelly is going to vote because any spending bill that biden puts in front of him he will sign so yeah we got the inflation reduction act and mark kelly was the deciding vote he hired 87,000 new irs agents mark kelly voted to send stimulus checks to illegal aliens he voted to send stimulus checks to get this violent felons sitting in jail is that a good use of taxpayer money i don't think so think about that the next time you go to the grocery store and you can't afford to buy steak or eggs
1: okay so the question that was asked was about money printing and the specific question was did we need to print money in the face of the covid pandemic or at least you know paraphrased and there's a very simple response which is if you believe that we have to take care of every like Ron Paul said, if you think we have to take care of everybody from cradle to grave, and that this is what government is supposed to do, then yes, we had to lock down the economy, we had to print a bunch of money. However, if you think that this is an absolute overreach, and this is something that government does not need to do, as evidenced by Florida, except for one month, and Sweden, where their COVID rates are essentially equal with minor variations in any given direction depending on whatever time you look from, from uh, during COVID so uh, that, that's that's a simple obviously you know polish up the answer a little bit but as evidenced by Florida and Sweden no we did not have to lock down we could have kept people working and let other people destroy their own economies and not ours and we wouldn't have this Uh, Crazy inflation. We we may still have had some price increases because of global issues with supply chains and other countries that shut down their own economies. But we would have been much better off, much better off, and we wouldn't have had had to have the Federal Reserve print anywhere near the amount of money that we did. And I want to go back to because now we're starting to get into different stuff. He brought up the IRS agents, and I'll, I'll talk about that too. But what is something that's been missing here? They said money printing a lot. The Federal Reserve was not mentioned once, not even by the Libertarian Party candidate. I mean, how do you, as a Libertarian candidate for office, especially for something where you are on a debate stage, a national platform that you do not bring up the Federal Reserve when it comes to inflation? how i just i don't understand it i mean this is something that libertarians man we we have to be good on at, at the bare basics the inflation is caused by money printing at the federal reserve it's caused by them flooding this entire system with fake cash that gets that they put at 0% or near 0% and banks lend it out at interest so all of these fucking hedge fund managers and bank executives get stupid rich with free money and lend it out at interest that they keep for profit and everybody else's things go up more dollars in circulation chasing the same or fewer goods and in this case fewer goods so all of these people are getting rich at your expense they're propping up their own stock market to keep themselves happy and you get screwed your real wages go down even if you get wage increases, you're not getting a wage increase that outs inflation. So your real wages are down and you are getting screwed while they enrich themselves. That That is the message right there. And I didn't hear any of that from the Libertarian Party candidate. The Libertarian Party... That Actually, I should take this back. He was... I don't think he was actually sponsored. I don't think he was actually an LP candidate. I think he calls himself a libertarian but i don't think he necessarily ran as a libertarian party candidate there's been some back and forth as to whether he did or not honest to god i don't care if you're if you are preaching a liberty message if this is what you're talking about and you're talking money and inflation you do not bring up the federal reserve it is a disservice to the liberty movement full stop (sighs) It just, it's so disappointing because that, I mean, that, that is the perfect response. Like libertarians have the best answer and it's to audit the federal reserve to figure out where all this money is going and to end this central banking unconstitutional scheme. That's what our answer is. But couldn't get that out of the Liberty candidate on stage. And even the Republican, who sounds better on inflation than most that I've heard, he, even he didn't bring up the Fed. So we'll see. Maybe hopefully somebody brings it up in the near future on some national platform. But this was a this was an opportunity, and he failed. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, this is Mark Kelly's uh, response. Let me get a
2: rec- yeah. quick response to that. Yeah, that,
4: yeah. That that that's not true. Which part? Well, and the, the, well, a lot of it, but the IRS part, you know, we need folks in government to go after big businesses and the wealthiest Americans who try to cheat on their taxes, that have armies of accountants and lawyers. You know, that's the intention, you know, here, because if we can't collect taxes from the wealthiest Americans and the largest corporations that are cheating on their taxes, you know who pays? Middle class Americans pay.
1: Oh my god as usual he pisses me off. Um okay so he he mentioned that they have an army of accountants and uh that the rich are t- cheating on taxes. Um and just the the juxtaposition of this is it's insanity to me. So we have on one side where the Republican candidate brings up 87,000 IRS agents, right? Here's, and even in his response, he mentions that the rich have an army of lawyers and an army of tax accountants. And then he brushes aside the IRS, the, the IRS question. Exactly where do you think this is going? You admitted yourself that this 87000 is not going to affect the rich. You just said that they have this army of accountants and tax attorneys. It's going to fleece the small people. It's going to be fleecing the people who are using PayPal and Venmo over $600 for their small business on the side so that the IRS can come break down their door with the ATF and the ATF can shoot their dog. That's what it is. You just admit it. Yeah, the rich have all these uh, tax accountants and and all these lawyers, but the, uh, the good people at the IRS are going to be able to crack through that even though they haven't yet as the rich are cheating on their taxes and have been, and these eighty-seven thousand makes this the IRS bigger than the Pentagon in terms of raw manpower. But it's it, but it'll have nothing to do with the lower the the low people the the lower people the peasants. That's not going to happen. Even though disproportionately the IRS audits more red state low income people in the South than anywhere else in the country. But you know I'm sure that'll change and you know the rich people won't just hire more lawyers that that won't happen no 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 tool
3: the here's a like master's response those eighty-seven thousand irs agents that you're sticking on them they're not just going after billionaires they're not just going after big business they're going to be auditing you they're going to be auditing your small businesses this time next year
1: thank you exactly all right, and then uh, we get Mark Victor's response here. Uh, this, is this was actually something that I kind of liked. This was actually a, a, a pretty good uh, response here.
2: I want to get Mark, I get Mark in here for a second. Oh, then. Right. I want to get back to you. Uh-huh. Uh, my...
0: Thank you, Ted. You know, I want to speak up on behalf of the drunken sailor because drunken sailors, there's a limit to how much money a drunken sailor can spend. That isn't the problem here.
1: That's actually a pretty funny response. Uh, I wish mean, she was a little more witty, but that, that's a pretty funny response.
0: The problem here is we don't have sound money anymore in our country. That's the reason these guys are bickering about spending more and more and more money because there is no limit to how much our government can continue to print and spend. We need to get back to sound money again so the government can't continue to have no limit on their credit card. That's the problem with our economy. There are always things to spend more money on. There will be a never-ending list. Do we want to get a control on our economy? We need to get back to a free market in sound money.
1: All right. Uh, So, decent response. Uh, I wish he could expand a little more on what sound money is. You know, he didn't really say what it was. Uh, He didn't like advocate for a gold standard or a Bitcoin standard or anything. Quiet phone. I'm not talking to you right now. Um, yeah, but the the rest of that, I mean, th- great, great, perfect response. We don't have sound money. The government has absolutely no limits on what it can spend, and it encourages all of this. Um, I, I I would have tailored my answer a little bit differently. Um, but the the no credit limit answer, uh, great, good stuff. Uh, all right, cool. Next up, um. We we now we're kind of out of the uh, inflation question, um, but admittedly, if I had to choose between Blake Masters and and Mark Victor on like who won this spending inflation exchange, I can't really give you one way or the other. I think they both made good points, but neither of them really knocked it out of the park. Uh, I mean, they they both had good good stuff to say. I wish they had both said everything, but I really, really wish, and maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but I, I really wish that Mark Victor had said something about the Fed. Anything. Um, Yeah, I don't know. They both did good, but... I, I'm kind of leaning towards Blake Masters entirely just because if you are the Libertarian Party candidate, you have to bring up the Fed. It just it, it's non-negotiable. We have to be anti-war and anti-central banking. Anyway, all right. Now we get into uh, immigration, and this is going to be a part where I kind of talk out loud about my thoughts throughout this, and. And then something about what Blake Masters or not Blake Masters, uh, Mark Victor does and says how he tackles the immigration problem that I just find so goofy. It just, it, man, we really need to have an answer for this and this is not it. Uh, but first, Blake Masters tackles the question and I think he gives a, I mean, it's a Republican answer, but the, you know, here, you'll see.
3: They've surrendered our southern border. They've given it up to the Mexican drug cartels. We had operational control two years ago, and now it's just a complete disaster. They incentivize people to break the law. Illegal aliens, when they come here, they're supposed to be caught and deported back to their home country or back to some other country that wants them. But no, Joe Biden and Mark Kelly, they laid out the welcome mat. This is the greatest country in the history of the world. If you invite everybody to come here, you'll create a crisis. And so five million illegals, literally five million, have come here in the last 22 months. Joe Biden and Mark Kelly have welcomed them. When these people cross, they know not only will they not be deported, but they're given envelopes with cash. Plane tickets. Here's a hotel room in Scottsdale. We treat these people better than we treat our own U.S. military service members. I find that shameful. 300,000 come through every month. It's a humanitarian disaster. The women and children are raped. The men are indentured servants sold into some kind of slavery. And it's not just the people, it's the drugs. The fentanyl that's coming through it's killing kids. We're losing 2,000 Arizonans every year to fentanyl. This stuff is poison. It's coming right there up through the southern border. And Mark Kelly and Joe Biden have not done a single thing to stop it. It is carnage. And so I think we should secure the border. That means a wall. It means doubling the size of border patrol. And it means let's get back to deporting people who try to break into our country, something that Mark Kelly routinely votes against. All
1: right. And that was his response to a question on immigration and what he would do to fix it uh really not a whole Well, there was at the end the fixing it but uh, I'm like uh, like I did with the other one I'm going to work backwards uh doubling the size of border patrol uh, we we've tripled border patrol since like 1990 or 2000 or something maybe even quadrupled and we clearly have this major problem uh so that uh, you know whatever it's not really going to do much and then a wall i uh, maybe but i really as a libertarian uh, the the most authoritarian regimes are the ones with walls Chi- uh, china the, with you know the great wall of china that between them and mongolia uh, the the walls in the and the fences in the west bank uh, probably one of the least free places on planet earth and I don't know. I uh... Ron Paul said something when uh, Trump was campaigning in 2016 that he wasn't in favor of a wall cuz it could be used to limit free movement of people to to keep us in is what he said. And uh, in 2016 it, it admittedly it sounded uh, probably to a lot of people uh, a little bit weirder than it does in 2020. In 2020 we were locked in our homes. And our governors were on TV permitting us to do things like that. That was what it was. And, and in 2016, I don't think anybody would have said the government is going to lock us in our homes. And you guys are saying, let's build a wall. Come on. Uh, you know, everybody would have thought he was crazy. But five years later, here we are. So I think he's got a point. I think walls can be used to, kept pe- to keep people in and. I, I'm not for it. Um, I, I understand the uh, the drug trade and the human trafficking charges, uh, which he got into. And, you know, I think there's a very, there's a couple of very easy responses. And I'll talk to, about them when uh, Mark Victor, after Mark Victor gives his response and um,
2: why he disappointed in, in this answer for me to mark kelly in a second here but mark victor as far as immigration reform is concerned walls uh, more border agents what say you
0: ted how long are we going to keep talking about this same problem administration after administration after administration they're big
1: by the way this one's one of the longer ones this is about two minutes long
0: caring about securing the border and spending money but nobody ever gets it done we need to get it done I'm in favor of a comprehensive overhaul of the entire immigration policy. It doesn't have to be very confusing. We had a great immigration policy in this country in the late 1800s, early 1900s. In fact, we didn't even have a term, illegal immigration. It was just immigration. It wasn't a big deal. We welcomed immigrants to America. Most of the people who come to America, and I've been representing many of them, over the last 28 years. The vast majority of them are great people. They come here to work, to pursue the American dream. But they should get nothing when they come here besides the right to peacefully pursue their happiness. Nobody has a right to live at the expense of another person. They should get no welfare or social programs at all. But we do need to immediately secure the border. Nobody has a right to aggress against anybody else, whether they're inside or outside the border. Let's try to keep the bad guys out. We should streamline the asylum process. It's ridiculous that it takes so long to get a reasonably simple hearing done. I am very pro-immigration. It's good for America. It helps our economy. We've got demographic issues as well. We need more younger workers. Can you imagine our situation? We've got a huge labor shortage right now. We got lots of immigrants who want to work. We can't get a visa program so they can actually work. Let's get them to work. This is why Sheriff Hathaway in Santa Cruz County endorsed me because I've got a plan. There is no perfect solution here, but we need a path to citizenship as well. I do not want to tear families apart who are here and working and are law-abiding. We should not be deporting. That is time. All
1: right. Uh, I do apologize for that one because that one was a little bit long. Okay. So, first off, I I'm not a fan of the open borders position. Uh, First off, Uh, I I don't think it's a good position. I don't think it's the correct libertarian position. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I think this and I should just get into it now so the main reason why I think so is I think the open borders position uh, is completely incompatible with a welfare system and I think when you allow a lot of illegal immigrants they do get some form of welfare maybe they can't directly apply for social security and they can- or they can't directly apply for medicare but The You know, they can get into our hospitals, their their kids can go to our schools and what have you, and it increases the tax burden on everybody else. And taxation is theft, and it's, you know, when you extort more from more people, I'm going to have a problem with that. And if it's going to be exacerbated by, like Blake Masters said, hundreds of thousands per month, and probably two million this year, then... I, uh, as a libertarian i don't see how that how you can be for that further uh, just on a purely theoretical uh position not not theoretical in in terms of uh realistic versus theoretical i mean th- entirely in theory based uh all of the open borders positions to me kind of simulate that on government property they there can be absolutely no restrictions on it and I know government property as a libertarian is kind of an oxymoron and that it doesn't it's completely illegitimate, but what what the ideal thing would be is private borders, right? But that's Ancapistan and we're not there. And libertarians are really goofy when we take purely theoretical applications and apply it to the world without looking at what the reality on the ground is. And the reality on the ground is is that this is unsustainable. Completely unsustainable. And this response, it's Cato talking points from 2004. The pathway to citizenship, which I used to support, um, and I, I don't really anymore, although I kind of do. I still don't really that that like i said when i when i said uh, on immigration i'm kind of split this uh, the a pathway to citizenship is one that i'm still kind of split on and he really got hammered for this i, I was watching it on a, the youtube live stream on either pbs or whatever the local news station was i can't remember which and people were hammering him cuz he sounded like an open borders libertarian Uh, You know, talking about the immigration system from 1904 uh, with, you know, the Ellis Island style immigration system when we had basically no welfare programs at all. And I know he said we shouldn't have any, but there's there's nothing of substance there. He's just saying we shouldn't have it. There's no explanation for what it does for poverty and how it doesn't help people. uh, You know, its stated goal is to help people and it does no such thing. Uh, got none of that in his answer and it was it was a lot of platitudes and a lot of like dismissiveness he didn't really answer any of the points that Blake Masters brought up that are legitimate concerns uh, you may think they're you know republican talking points but we have to be you know willing to respond to these And, you know, he brought up the the fentanyl coming across. That's a perfect opportunity to talk about the drug war and that this war on drugs causes, you know, things like even really hard drugs like cocaine. Uh, A big problem with fentanyl is that it's mixed with cocaine to lower cost. And why is cocaine so expensive? Because it's illegal. And there's already a really high demand, and you're cutting off the supply of it. You're driving this underground. And the demand didn't go away. Matt Gates, I think it was either Matt Gates or Marco Rubio or somebody. I can't remember who, but they said the same thing. They he said something to the effect of, "People in America like doing cocaine, fentanyl not so much," and he's right. People in America that like we there are some people that like doing cocaine, and they shouldn't be thrown in a cage for it for purely voluntary activity and I and I realized that uh, the more republican leaning side of my eventual audience is if you ever come back and find this you're really not gonna like it and you know tough this is something you're just gonna have to hear it's a purely voluntary activity and we get we can go down the line of police brutality incidents and how they're looking for people to crack heads uh, but the you know, you can at least at least respond to these. Uh, and we got none of that. We got a, uh, you know, I mean, I guess he did finally distinguish himself in a major way from the Republican candidate. But then, uh, and I we're going to get into Mark Kelly's response in a second. Um, He just kind of ends up sounding like Mark Victor does. Like an open borders worse than libertarian. And I just, I don't. We've got to uh, libertarians. We've got to be better on this answer. We've got to at least respond to these claims that are very legitimate claims. And the, the 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 easiest and the simplest answer is to end this war on drugs. It it that it really is that. And you tell people why that it's going to lower the cro- lower the cost of these uh, of all these cocaine uh growers or growers jesus all these cocaine manufacturers and they won't have to you know mix it with fentanyl they won't enable this drug trade across the border that makes these cartels extraordinarily rich uh because there's just no financial incentive to do the fentanyl thing anymore because cocaine is so cheap you you know do this do the thing with marijuana that a lot of states are doing already and i know there is a difference between marijuana and cocaine i get it i understand. But, you know, we did the whole legalize and regulate and, you know, uh, we get a gigantic benefit from this. You know, know, there's still plenty of work to go, but Colorado did it. Seattle did it. It's one of the couple things that they that those two states have done that's good. And just we have to be better on this answer. And I know I'm kind of, you know, flopping around on this, but there's got to be a better way. To answer this question than to just sound like an open borders thing that it just doesn't resonate with people anymore. I mean, how can you argue the open borders position after twenty twenty with a deadly pandemic? Like I just well, deadly pandemic. It's a deadly virus. Don't give me shit. But I I just I don't get it. It's a goofy ass answer. It's a really disappointing answer. There's just just, there's I almost don't know what to what else to say about it. So I'm going to move on. Uh, This is uh, Mark Kelly's response.
2: uh, And like I say, he doesn't really sound all that much different. Uh, 90 seconds, uh, Mark Kelly. Immigration. um, Have you done enough as far as immigration concerns in Arizona, in the country?
4: You know, when I got to uh, Washington, D.C., one of the first things I realized was that Democrats don't understand this issue. And Republicans just want to talk about it and complain about it, but actually not do anything about it. They just want to politicize that. And we heard this tonight from my opponent, Blake Masters. You know, he thinks he knows better than everyone about everything. And when it comes to border security, you know, I've been focused on this. And on immigration, yes, we need comprehensive immigration reform. We have 10. Tens of thousands, tens of thousands of dreamers here in the state of Arizona that are as American as my own two kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, the rest of the answer, honestly, I didn't really care for all that much. This was the last thing that I found remotely interesting to talk about. And uh, I'm only halfway through this and i am at 50 minutes recording time. <laughs> wow, Jesus. All right. Uh, like I said, long episode. Maybe I'll split it into two. Um, But yeah, so let's... Do I even need to say it? Like I said, he even used the same words. We do need comprehensive immigration reform. What the... What does that mean? Nobody gave any... any like I say, watch the debate yourself. You draw your own conclusions, but it, it, I got nothing from this. I really didn't. So disappointing obviously the the republican answer was the typical republican answer that you've been hearing drugs crime illegal trading human trafficking the libertarian answer is to be goofy and not understand any of it and not respond to any of it and just give bullshit Cato talking points and um and, and admittedly the Cato talking points are nice and if we lived in a freer country without you know, this burdensome regulation that he's talking about with this massive welfare state that he's talking about without a you know income tax between 33 and 39 percent or whatever the hell they want to allow the in- to income tax rate to be uh, then we could maybe we could do it and, and it would be a really nice thing because I, I do get the uh, you know the, they just want to come over and work and let's put them to work. we have demographic problems young people, Uh, You know, I've talked about quiet, I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast or on uh, my other podcast, Surrounded by Idiots with my friends, check it out. Anchor.fm slash Surrounded by Idiots, thank you. Uh, But talking about quiet quitting, and how young people are just doing the bare minimum and what have you, finding good work is hard. And and I get it, you know, it's a good, it is a good, it, it is a good talking point, but it's just so tone deaf in this modern political landscape and it's not the correct libertarian answer. I don't think we have to be open borders and it just it or or even come close to sounding like it. So that's my input in um and then of course the democrat answer is a disaster cuz they're too busy even pretending that it doesn't exist. Although I will admit Mark Kelly is better on this than most. Uh speaking of it's time uh for the topic that I was not necessarily scared to talk about, but this is the one that I have a a more hardline stance on. Uh, so I really shouldn't say scared. I'm not necessarily scared of any of my positions, but I'm much more hardened in this one. Um, with kind of like I say, well, we'll talk about it. Um, but I am. Uh, I'm approaching an hour on this one. I'm going to split this up into two because I'm only halfway through this, uh, this debate, this cut up version of the debate rather. So I'm going to end this one here. Uh, I appreciate you listening. I realize this was long and I'm sorry, but you know, I really wanted to talk about a lot of this stuff and there's more to come. Uh, yeah. uh, Thoughts halfway through, um Blake Masters is doing well. The libertarian got worse and worse over time, and Mark Kelly uh, disaster. Just a just a disaster. He did not do very well in this debate at all. He looked frigid, he uh was on the defensive a lot, he didn't dictate the pace. Um yeah. It just it was it was a democratic republican debate. You know, debate for senate it's exactly what you think it is but interesting stuff stuff I wanted to talk about so thank you for listening uh, once again please follow me on twitter at k 2 Man the liberty enthusiast uh, feel free to talk to me about whatever you want tweet me talk and uh, I'll see you guys in the next one for part two I'll probably upload this uh, tomorrow uh, Saturday and the other one Sunday so two uploads back to back Should be cool. All right. Thanks for listening,
4: everybody. See you next time. Peace.